Welcome to the Vine Church. We look forward to experiencing community with you. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, everyone, once again. Um, if you weren't in here at the beginning, my name is Jordan. I'm one of our pastors here at the Vine, and I get to hang out with you for the next uh, couple minutes, and we're going to talk about God. I know I was going to get rowdy in here. We're talking about God at church today, okay? So anyways, um, hey, the last couple weeks, we've been in a series called um, Tuning Tension, and we've been talking about some things that, well, hence the name, when you bring up these topics, there's a little bit of maybe a oh, tension that happens. And, and, and the last few weeks, we talked about some kind of heavy things and some very tense things, and some of them may be tense for you because of maybe a political viewpoint that you have or a, um, an opinion you have on something or, or, an, or, or your upbringing or your background. But today, we're going to talk, and we're going to wrap up the series by talking about a subject that is tense for an entirely different reason. And I think the Lord wants to do a couple specific things today, right here in this place. And uh, so I'm not going to talk for a whole, whole lot of time today, because I want to leave time for that. But here's what we're talking about today. We're just going to open it up. We're going to talk about this, this question. If God is loving, if God's loving, why do bad things happen to good people? If God is loving, why do bad things happen to good people? And when I bring this up, if, if you're like me, the tension for me in this question, maybe it's like this for you, the tension for you in this question probably isn't like, well, my theological viewpoint on this passage is that that's probably not where the tension arises. The tension for you is probably a deep hurt that you've experienced in your lifetime or a period of darkness that maybe you're in right now. And there's tension in this question because we're asking, if God is loving, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? Why do I hurt the way I do? Where were, where were you at, God, during this time? And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about some truth in this that we see in Scripture but my hope today is that I think there's a couple things that the Lord wants to say to you individually. And so we're going to share a little bit of that as well. So let's pray. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit into our conversation today, and then we're going to get right into it. Lord Jesus, we just come before you right now. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this space. Your word says that it's not age or experience that brings wisdom, but it's the Spirit of God that brings understanding. Your word says that that the things of God are spiritually discerned. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now in Jesus' name that as I talk about your word and I get into some truth, that it would be more than just intellectual knowing, but Holy Spirit, would you give us understanding of your goodness, of your love, and the things that you want to see happen in our lives at the spirit level today. That we would have a foundation of faith in the goodness of our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start right here. I was praying this week for this message. And sometimes, I, sometimes you're reading the Bible and, you know, you're prepping for a message. And you start to read the Bible and you're like, oh, that's really good. I think I should share this on Sunday or this. 
This week was a little bit different. I was, as I was praying about this topic, this doesn't happen very often, but I got a little bit of a sense of a specific thing God wants me to tell you right now before we kick anything else off. I was walking around these seats and I just heard this little small voice say, Jordan, just tell them that I'm good. And we're just going to start right there today. Some of you may be in the seat right now and you're sitting down and you are in the middle of something very heavy. And we're going to talk about truth, but before we get to truth, your father wants you to know he is good. He's good. And he sees you. And he wasn't in the other room when that happened. It wasn't because he was neglecting you or he was being a bad parent. He's good. And as I was praying over you guys this week and praying over our time together, a passage came to mind. And we're going to start things a little different. I want to speak a passage of scripture over you today before we start. And so if you do this with me, you don't have to close your eyes or do it. But if it helps you to focus on the words I'm going to say, you can close your eyes and just get ready to receive these words. This is a passage, it's Zephaniah 3, 17. And this is a, a passage given to Israel by a prophet um, talking about the favor of God and the, the love of God that's going to shine on them in a season to come. And so this passage came to mind and I feel it. I want to speak this over us today. This passage says this, that the Lord your God is in your midst. He's present. He's in your midst. He's not in the other room. He's not neglecting. He's not absent-minded. He didn't forget about you that day. He's in your midst. He's there. He sees you. It says he's a mighty one who will save. He is a mighty one who will save. Not only is he with you, but he is able as well. And then it says these two statements, and it's so beautiful. It says, he rejoices over you with loud singing, and he exalts over you with gladness. When I was reading this, I got a picture of me and my daughter. When she was a little bit younger, I would sit in a rocking chair in her room, and I'd rock back and forth, and I'd look at Birdie, and I could not help but sing. I had to sing to her. I had to sing blessings over her. I had to speak things over her life that uh, I believe the Lord is going to do through her in her life. And I sang over my daughter. And God is singing over you right now. Again, we're going to talk about the mystery of what we go through a little bit in, in our experience. But he wants you to know he's good and he's singing over you. And lastly, it says he quiets you with his love. And Holy Spirit, right now, as we get into the truth of scripture in the word. Would you quiet us with your love? Those areas of tension between us and you because of our life experience, would you bring us to a supernatural knowledge of your love for us? That even in the unknown, the ambiguity and some of the mystery of what we experience in our lifetime, the one thing that we can be certain of is your love. Would you quiet us with your love today? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's dig into this question a little bit. 
If God is loving, why do bad things happen to good people, to decent people, to people like I would consider most of us in the room would say, I I put myself in the good people category. Well, here's what we want to do today. First, I want to talk about this this question, is God good and is God loving and and what is his actual intentions and what does he actually desire? And so we're going to spend our time today in just three chapters of the Bible. We're going to read a really short snippet of Genesis 1. We're going to read a little bit of Genesis 2. And then we're going to read the entire, or pretty much half of Genesis 3. And I promise I'm not going to talk for like three hours, but we're just, just letting you know where we're going. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and open it up to the very beginning. And if you uh, want to follow along on the screen, you can do that too. So let's go ahead and let's go to Genesis. And Genesis 1.1 says this. We'll start off with an easy one for you. It just says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I want to stop here, okay? And I I want to just talk about some things that this statement brings to my mind. In the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. What this insinuates to me is that in the beginning, none of this was here. None of the things we've experienced was here yet. Um, None of the history that we know had taken place yet. In the beginning, there was God. And at this point, if in God and in his desire and in his intentions, there was any sort of maliciousness or any sort of ill Ill intent or any sort of warmongering or love of violence or, or, or anything that was negative, we should probably see it played out in his creation. Because... He gets to do what he wants at this point. It's me in front of a white sheet of paper with a pencil. My desire is probably what's going to come out on that paper when I start to draw. What I want to draw is what I'm going to draw. Sometimes I'm not that great of a drawer, but that said, God's different than I am. And God is getting ready to roll out creation. It is an overflow of who he is, of all that he is. And so what we see in Genesis 1, 1, and then you see, again, for sake of time today, I don't have time to read through everything that happens, but I'm going to give you the cliff notes, okay? Genesis 1 for dummies here. It says this. Sorry, you're not dummies. It's just, yeah, anyways. (laughs) It says this. It says God creates the heavens and the earth. God creates plants and animals. He fills the earth with living things, and he puts man on the earth. Eve isn't here yet. Woman's not here yet, but it started with he creates the first man in Genesis 1. And so God creates the heavens and the earth. He fills it with plants and he, and he, he says, let the plants just spring forth with fruit and be abundant with, with fruitfulness. And he fills the sea with, with creatures of the sea. And he fills the sky with birds and, and he creates. And then in Genesis 1:31, at the very end, he end caps it with this statement. It says, and God saw all that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. So God creates and he steps back and says, this is really good. I I like this. I like what I'm seeing. Now in Genesis 2, here's what we're going to see. We're going to read a snippet from Genesis 2. And what we see here is this was God's design and it was very good. But in Genesis 2, we see what was God's desire for the thing he designed? 
And so let's look at Genesis 2, verses 15 through 25. And Genesis 2, 15, or uh, yeah, 15 through 17 says this. God wants to be, well, this is, I put a little subline up there. We're going to let the cat out of the bag early. This is what God's wanting. He wants to be in harmony with man and man to be in harmony with his creation. He wants a good existence. Listen to this. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and tend it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, from any tree of the garden, you may freely eat, but from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, you shall not eat for the day that you eat from it. You will certainly die. Let's keep going here. Then the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Right? So listen to that. We're, I'm not going to stop very long, but just this sounds like he's concerned for the man's quality of life, right? He creates, but we're not there just for God to watch like a TV. There's something he wants here. And he says, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper suitable for him. Now, in that word helper, um, when you look this up, you can actually see some of the same terminology used for the Holy Spirit later in the Bible. And it's this idea of a comfort this idea of someone to come alongside you and be closer than a brother, someone to come alongside you and carry and share and empower and be a, a help to you in your life, to be a blessing to you in your life. And so out of the ground, the Lord formed every animal of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and the birds of the sky and to every animal of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So not only does God want to make life better for Adam and give him a companion and say, I want you to enjoy and thrive and, and cultivate this creation that I've given you. He's like, those helpers aren't good. I, I, want, I want better for you than just these other things. So he wants the perfect fit for Adam. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon man and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And God fashioned into a woman, the rib, which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, at last, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And this last one, the man and his wife were naked, amen? And they were not ashamed. You can laugh, it's okay. We're, um, listen, let's just talk about what God made and what God intended for creation. God makes the heavens and the earth, and it's good. He fills it with life. Does he, does he say, and let there be death that falls upon plants sometimes? You know, like, no, no, it, they, they live, they, they, are, they thrive. And then he, he forms man and woman, and they are tasked with not a command of you will be my slaves. He wants to be friends. He gives them the garden. He says, cultivate it. Take it further than it's already gone. Move, just enjoy this thing. Find your place in my creation. Thrive. And while you're doing it, you can be straight up naked and, and, and be unashamed. I, I think this is funny. It's kind of funny, but it's also really cool. If you think about this, it says they were naked and unashamed. I, 
I was thinking about this as I was writing. There aren't very many relationships in my life. Um, in fact, there are zero relationships that would be cool with me just being naked all the time. <laughs> Even my closest relationships, like Cheyenne does not want to walk into the kitchen and see me eating cereal without any clothes on. And that's my, my closest, most intimate relationship I have. God's first intention for creation was that shame was not even in the dictionary. That we were infinitely comfortable with each other. There was no areas of like, I don't know that I want that to be a part of my life with you. And also the same was with God. There were no areas of shame between God and man. What was God's design? It was good. And what was his desire for us in relationship with him and relationship with his creation? It was really good. So what happened? Why do bad things happen to good people now? Well, unfortunately, the Bible, I mean, I really wish the Bible was like two chapters long and it could say, and thus, that's why life is perfect. Um, it, but it's not. And we have to deal with this. And so let's discover a little bit of kind of the origin of some of this mystery and, and hurt that we walk through from time to time. Genesis 3. We're going to read a couple different chunks of this, and I'm just going to kind of pause sporadically and we'll explain. Genesis 3 starts with this, says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which Lord, the Lord God had made. Some would say that this is Satan himself. Some would say that this was a, it was a created creature under the influence of the enemy. And the serpent says to the woman, so he goes to Eve, and he says, Has God really said you shouldn't eat from any tree in this garden? So he starts with a question that's a little bit loaded. God didn't say not any tree. He said one. And so he's saying, did God tell you you couldn't eat any of these trees in here? He's starting to chip away at the trust in God's intentions. And the woman says to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we can eat but it's the tree in the, uh, which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will surely die. And the serpent says to the woman, you certainly will not die. For God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will become like God, knowing good from evil. This is the first thing. This was like the first ploy of the enemy. It wasn't, hey, Eve, eat this. Sin against God. Do this. Do this bad thing. No, he started with, can we just have a conversation about these, these rules you're following for a second? Do you really think they're for your good? Do you really think he has your best in mind? My personal take, Eve, don't take this to the bank, but my personal take is that I think maybe he's hiding something from you and he's withholding something from you that's good. And so Eve acts out on this. It says this, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took some of its fruit and she also gave some to her husband with her and they ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked 
and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves waist coverings. When they gained this new knowledge of good and evil, something very significant happened. See, this was technically the first sin that ever took place. But let's talk for a second about what is sin. If we look at it here, them sinning wasn't them saying, screw you, God, I'm going to do what I want to do. Them sinning was stepping outside of God's design. And when they stepped out of his design, they broke it. The machine started to operate in a way that was fractured. It wasn't, this wasn't them saying, I mean, they did, they made a decision to do this, but, but the sin wasn't, I just don't want you to eat that tree and I don't just do what I say. No, he knew that if they knew this wickedness, that it would break the design. And his design was good, and his desire was good for them. And when they took from the tree, they broke it. And what was the first thing to go? Their confidence before each other and before God. They became ashamed. And just a little bit earlier, Adam was like, Eve, you are bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And now she's, he's like, hey, go get some fig leaves because I don't want to see that. And all of a sudden, in one short couple of verses, we go from perfect intimacy with God and with each other and with creation to shame. They broke the design. And let's continue on. In verse 8, now they heard a sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called to the man and said to him, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. He knows his own nakedness. He knows his own shame now. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Why does God prefer and why does God call us towards holiness? Holiness is not a religious rule book. Holiness is a call back to God's intended design for us. And what happens is, is when sin enters in any area of our life, why is it sinful for me to be violent to another person? It's not sinful because God doesn't like fistfights. He doesn't like fistfights because it's outside of his design and it's outside of his desire. And when I live my life outside of his design, it breaks and things get broken. And God knows he tried to protect from this. What happened is, is they, they broke the design. Let's keep reading. The man said to, the, uh, said to God, the woman that you gave to be with me, she gave me some of the fruit of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me. And I ate again, we see another level of brokenness here. It goes from again, your bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. You want to kiss? You know, like it goes from that to she did it. 
And then she's like, no, the snake told me. And the snake's like, well, thanks, guys. I, I'm, uh, what's going on here? And so the Lord said to the serpent, and I think this is really cool, too. There's a lot of cool things in the Bible, but this is really cool. Then the Lord says to the serpent, he doesn't say this to the man and woman. Now, there are repercussions for what they do, but watch what happens to the initiator of this. Because you've done this, cursed are you more than all the livestock and more than any animal of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And I will make enemies of you and the woman, and of your offspring and her descendant. Doesn't say descendants. Descendant. There's a specific person that God is referring to. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise him on the heel. This is a foreshadowing to Jesus. Right away, they broke it, but God says right away, his first reaction, his first response is to say, no, we're going to make this right. We're gonna, I'm going to get you back. You don't have to be ashamed of me, and I'm going to make a way for that to be possible. And he tells the enemy, you can harm, you can harm them. They're going to go through some tough things in their life now because you've tricked them and deceived them into making this choice. But you can't destroy them. I'm going to get my creation back. And we're going to stop here just for a second. What happens when Adam and Eve did this is they broke the design. Now God's desire and his design is good. But sometimes if his desire and design are here. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why is our experience over here? Well, it's because in between there's brokenness. There's brokenness. And there's three areas that we're going to highlight today about the kind of brokenness that we experience and why bad things happen to good people. And the first one is this. It says, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, it's because the world is broken. The world is broken. I, I want to read this really quick. This is from Genesis 3. And God, I think it's 17 through 19. God talks to Adam here. And he's going to talk a little bit about some of the repercussions for their action. He says, because you've listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I command you, saying you shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. With hard labor, you shall eat from it all the days of your life. And with the, uh, the thorns and thistles shall grow for you. Yet you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread until you return to the ground because from it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you shall return. The system was broken. Adam had dominion over the garden. Now he was a subject to toil and try to receive from creation where it used to offer up freely to him. But God's saying, the world's broken now. My, cre my system that I made, you broke it. And because it's broken, it's not going to function like it should. And here's the deal. The broken world 
affects all of us today. If you ever watch the show uh, Planet Earth, it's, uh, it's like on BBC. It's a really great show. I want to give you a pro tip. Don't watch the Antarctica episode. Because here's the deal. Who's got two thumbs and can care less about baby penguins? Leopard seals, okay? And they eat those little guys. And they're so cute. But my goodness, don't watch it. You don't see God's goodness in the natural flow of nature. God, in the Garden of Eden, there weren't any leopard seals eating baby penguins. It's not how it was supposed to work. I hope not. But anyways... The world's been broken. There's violence in nature. There's violence in weather. Natural disasters that were never designed to occur are now our experience because the world is broken. Our bodies do not function in creation the way they were designed to by God, but our experience is disease and sickness because the world is broken broken. And maybe some of you today are here. And this question brings tension to you because you're experiencing the brokenness of this world and you're wondering, God, if you're loving, why is this happening? I want to tell you, he didn't design it this way. He didn't desire it this way. We're experiencing through the lens of brokenness in our world today. Another area that got broken in the Garden of Eden was people. And specifically, I want to take a minute and I want to talk about why do bad things happen to good people? Well, sometimes we get the brunt of someone else's brokenness. Someone else is broken, and so they do something to us that makes our experience uh, so different than what God intended. And maybe some of you are sitting here today and you're hurting, not because of something you've done. But whether it was recent or in the past, you're carrying hurt and trauma from something someone else did to you. And I want to say this very blatantly to you today. God hates that that happened. He did not want that to happen to you. He hates it. He hates it more than you do. He despises the fact that you went through what you would do. This was not his design. It wasn't his desire. But because other people are broken, sometimes our experience is a broken world experience, not a God's desire experience. Last thing I want to talk about, and then we're going to take a moment together and pray for a little bit. Sometimes bad things happen to good people because we ourselves are broken. I, uh, my grandpa, he was a really good man. Um, it was on my mother's side. He's passed away now. He, he passed away fairly prematurely. Um, he was a little too young to pass the way he did. And when I look at his life, he knew Jesus in the end, so it's a good ending to the story. And he had redeemed a lot of relationships in the end. But 
my grandpa died. He had to have his legs amputated because of infections and some different things that were happening in his body. And this wasn't a random like disease that hit him. What happened was, is my grandpa smoked, like chain smoked for like 45 years. And so it destroyed his body. My grandpa just beat up on every relationship he had for years and years, and it caused tension in his mind and in his heart. Now, he, again, he's been redeemed through Christ later on in life, but early on, he, out of his own brokenness, he made some decisions that brought pain to himself. He, he ate terrible for years and years and years, and he would not quit, even though the doctor said, man, you gotta, you gotta turn this thing around. Sometimes in our own brokenness, we make decisions that take our experience from what God desired to this, to over here, to this broken experience because we're broken. And maybe some of you in the room today, you're experiencing hurt and pain because of something that you look at and you say, I, I think I did this to myself. I think I did this to myself. I think I... I'm experiencing something different than what God wants for me or wanted from me originally because of my own brokenness. And here's what we're going to do today. This is what we see in the Bible about why the world is the way it is, why our experience sometimes looks different than God's design and his desire. But God in Genesis 3 says there's hope through Jesus. I read this passage at the beginning of service. I'm going to read it again. Matthew says this. The Bible keeps sticking together. So Matthew will say this in just a moment. Here we go. Jesus says this, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Band, you guys can come up. Here's what we're going to do. In Scripture, uh, and in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says this about Jesus. The Bible says that he is the image of the invisible God. And what this means is this, is there's things that we see in Jesus's life, but, but sometimes we're like, man, I wish I could see what God was like entirely. What did he think about this? I see what Jesus thought, but what does God think about this and what I'm going through? Well, what that passage means is this, is the things we wonder about when it comes to God, Jesus was the full manifestation of God's character. What we see in Jesus's life we can take to the bank on what God intends for us, what he wants for us, what he desires for us, because Jesus is God. And so here's what we're going to do today. There's people in this room right now who are experiencing something different than what God designed and desired. But in between all of this, God's given us the gift of hope through Jesus. And like that passage says, we want to have an opportunity today for you to come to him. And so we're going to do this. Some of you guys have been affected in your life by the brokenness in this world. 
And there's people sitting in this room right now who in your body, there's brokenness. God didn't design that. He didn't desire that for you, but your experience is different because the world is broken. And so what we're going to ask is that a few prayer team members could come up here. And in this section of the stage, while the band is playing and singing, we're going to be praying for healing over here. If you were broken in your body, I said this earlier, there's a couple things that I feel like the Lord wants to do today. The first thing he wanted me to do is to tell you that he is good. The second thing is I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to meet and minister to us today in some of these areas of brokenness. So the first area is healing, and we're going to do this right over here. And if you have brokenness in your body, if you're experiencing the brokenness of this world in the form of infirmity or sickness or disease, we're going to pray over here with you. In the center here, we're going to have another section. And if you have been affected by the brokenness in somebody else in your lifetime, and if you look at the experience you've had in your life and you're like, this doesn't reflect a good and loving God. Well, if God is good, why did this happen to me? Well, here's the deal. God didn't design that to happen to you and desire that to happen to you. If you've been affected by somebody else who was broken and you're experiencing hurt and pain and you're carrying that, we want to pray right here for you that you would have a real sense and a real foundation, and a, oh, it's a Bible-y word, but a revelation or a revealing of God's goodness to you and how he thinks about you. We're going to pray for that right here. And over here on this far side, for those of you who are experiencing brokenness in your life from something maybe you brought on yourself, and you know it, and you say, I, I did this. I'm in financial turmoil because of decisions I've made. This wasn't somebody else. This wasn't, you know, science or the world. This was me. I did this. We're going to pray over here for that. And so the band's going to play, and uh, we're going to take some time and pray. So let me just invite the Holy Spirit in, and then Karen's going to come and maybe share a couple things that uh, the team was sensing today. So Lord, we just invite you in right now, Jesus. Jesus, you said come. Come to you all who are weary. And today, God, there's weariness. But for all the weariness, there's also strength. You said, Jesus, that you will give strength. You said, come to me, all who are burdened, and I'll give you rest. For a heavy yoke that we have on our shoulder, maybe it's shame or maybe it's something that we've gone through because of the brokenness of this world or someone else's brokenness affecting us or maybe even our own brokenness that we've done something that's brought pain on ourself. You said your burden is light and you want to raise that heaviness off of us, that shame off of us, that, that concern and worry over the mystery off of us, and you want to give us a light load of joy and peace in you, a peace that passes all understanding. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would do what only you can do right now. Well, that is it for today's message. We thank you for joining us. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. We'll see you next time.